Hello, podcast world. Kira is doing a wave like she is speaking to a bunch of toddlers. I spoke to toddlers today and they did not appreciate my waving. And what makes you think that our listeners on this audio podcast? Uh, because it is uh, audio medium and I didn't think that they would know that I did the hand gesture as I talked. But listeners, so. she did the hand gesture as she said. I didn't think they'd notice the hand gesture. I can't believe I'm being dragged like this on my own pods. This is what you get for bullying my microphone. I just said that she should be able to stand on her own tripod without putting a book underneath her. I don't think that's fair. Why? Because she's doing her best. We're all doing our best, Aoife. That's literally all I'm doing. Uh, Really? Because I thought you were also talking about a book this week. (laughs) I am talking about a book this week on our podcast, Forever Young Adults, where we talk about young adults fiction. Indeed. I'm Aoife. And I'm Kira. Tell me about this book or tell me about your week, Kira. I'm very, very tired. When you listen to this, Dear listeners, it will be the future, but for me presently, it is the first week where the children are not in school, and this means that there are a lot of children in the library, which I love, but it also means that there is just no quiet time in my quiet space, and they're allowed. They're allowed in the library, and I love that 90% of the year, but um, I'm just, I'm coming in slow on this, so maybe next week will be better. At my work currently we have children screaming and running around an atrium for one hour a day because near where my work is they also have sports camps for kids so they have lunch time and they come inside to eat their lunch and they're loud and it's only for one hour and I hate it so um you're braver than I. (laughs) It's It's just that my day used to be very structured in the times that the children were in and out and when I could do like work that needs a bit of silence, admin stuff. And now there's just always, just always. It's cool. It's cool, cool, cool. Um, But in the midst of all this, I did read a book and I really enjoyed it. It's called Every Day by David Levithan. And it's, I discovered part of a trilogy because he wrote this one and then he wrote two more that does a trilogy make that does a trilogy make i have not read those but i have read this one I've read other books by david lavathan i remember quite enjoying his name more than anything as a teenager myself because it's similar to leviathan mm. um which is i don't know a behemoth of a creature some kind of biblical thing uh but he is not a biblical thing he's a human man to our knowledge he has written many books. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read some of his other ones. I read the book that he wrote with John Green. Yes, I read that one. That was cool. Will Grayson, um, Will Grayson. Yes. Um, and I think we mentioned Will Grayson, Will Grayson on the pod before as well. Um, I think we mentioned David Levithan on the pod before because I think he also has a collab with Nina LaCour. Oh, nice. Two LGBT authors there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of his books do have like LGBT themes and stuff, including this one. Ooh. wonderful um and this one was made into a movie you can watch it on the netflix depending on your location i don't interesting is the book as is the movie as lgbt themed as the book i don't know i haven't watched it okay because um like i don't i'm not gonna spoil anything but you've mentioned this book to me before and some of in uh, in our in our planning (laughs) in our planning and also in our talking as friends i thought we were talking as friends kira are you telling me that every conversation we have is podcast we haven't been friends for months we've just been podcast hosts i'm going to be professional about this (laughs) you're fired (laughs) i don't know um i think it is my understanding is that the the movie is just as just as gay in places i can imagine the logistics of the logistics of making a movie along these themes is interesting given what i know about the book um which means if you're do you want to tell me anything more about david levithan before we get into Um, the book no he's pretty prolific he's got about 20 odd books 
couple of his books have been made into movies outside of this one. Uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I've heard of that movie. That's, I didn't know it was a book. Yeah, I've seen that one. And yeah, a lot of his books deal with like identity and, and queerness and different things. He has a book called Two Boys Kissing, which is about two boys kissing, trying to break a world record for the longest kiss. And it is it is narrated by a Greek chorus of um, men who have died due to like the AIDS crisis. Holy, I did not know that about that book. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I want to read that one now. You can do it for next Pride. I could do, yeah. Um, I will note that we were like, oh, we're going to do gay books for Pride. And I'm pretty sure every book since June has been gay. Um, How I Live Now. How I Live Now. Not, not gay. Not gay, just incest. Just incest. Yeah. <laughs> which are not correlated. No, despite what Emma Donoghue's We Are Michael Field might lead you to believe. So anyway, David Le- Levithan also wrote, they both die at the end? Did he? No, no. that's okay. um Adam Silva. Okay, cool. So I misremember then. Okay, so a lot of his books then have LGBT themes and identity themes. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about this one now because I don't think we're going to do a lot of plot stuff because there isn't a whole lot of plot stuff, but we are going to do a lot of talking about the book as itself because the book is like kind of sci-fi, paranormal, supernatural kind of stuff. That's very broad. Very broad. Um, There's just like some magic happening that not explained and just you just run with it. Metaphysics. Yeah, because our main character, who is our point of view narrator, wakes up in a different body every day. This is what I was (laughs) referencing when I said that it would be challenging to make a movie. No, you just have to hire lots of actors. For very short amounts of time, yeah. yeah. Also, possibly a little bit of an intro thing like, are you going to do a first person? Are you going to frame the waking up the same every day? Like, that is interesting, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so our main character is called A, and they chose the name A because it's at the start of the alphabet and they needed something solid that they could hold on to because their name changes every day because they are whoever they woke up as Mm -hmm. that day and they have access to that person's memories Mm -hmm. but only if they like look for them okay so they could in theory go through the day without like ever accessing that person's memories and just kind of like exist entirely as themselves but that leaves like confusion and stuff for the people they leave behind okay interesting so they wake up every day in a new body Mm -hmm. which means that like they can't carry anything with them Mm-hmm. They have an email address and they like use it kind of as a diary and mm-hmm. they write down like little things they did that day and any interesting like tidbits and stuff and then send it to themselves. Um, but other than that, they own nothing. And at multiple points, for the most part, they have like adjusted to this life. They're 16 within the book and they have known no other life. So From the moment they were a baby, they have woken up each day in a new body. How do they know they were ever a baby if they don't have any record of that? Because I don't know about you, but I certainly wasn't aware that I was a conscious being. How do you know you were a baby? Because there's pictures and people tell me stories about it. Because there's a, a, a concrete human journey that's been had. Well, like A is having a concrete human journey just throughout multiple bodies and without solid relationships as a result do they have a good memory they do have a good memory good they'd want to have a good memory i actually was playing a board game with some friends recently and kind of was taken aback by how well some of them remembered a thing because this was articulate so you have to at a certain point of the game you have to explain a thing so that only one person will get it and one of my friends was like so you remember last time we played this game and i referenced a thing remember that and my other friend was like yes and i was like what the fuck I do not. I was here. We were in this exact position. It was just two weeks ago. I have no idea. And uh, that's kind of scary because, you know, if the self is memory, if an autobiography, whatever. Listen, this kid has nothing to hold on to. I'm glad they have a memory to hold on to. They have their memories. Your story has terrified me. Most, And that's also like, that's a non-event for you. That you played Articulate. You play Articulate all the time. Whereas um, A doesn't probably play Articulate that often because... Everything is something new. A lot of things are something new. Like, a lot of their day is routine. They go... they, They only inhabit bodies 
within an unclear radius of them when they go to sleep. You mean like physical like radius? Like physical radius. Okay. So the book is kind of set in Mar- Maryland. The book is set in Maryland. Um, America? And, yes, it's a, it's American. Okay. Um, and so, because I was at one point, I was like, it's, they fall in love. Okay. And I was like, it's so strange how they keep waking up in bodies that are roughly close to the girl that they're in love with. That's strange. And then it's later like, oh no, that makes sense within the made up boundaries of his, of their life. That's interesting. Um, Do they mention that they lived in Maryland their whole life? No. You see, at one point... That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, if we're taking someone's entire life of events, there are some days when you wake up and you go on holiday that day yeah um and that's how they ended up in maryland because they used to live in canada i think okay or closer to the canadian border Mm -hmm. so yeah at one point someone whose body they were in took a road trip to maryland and now that's where they are and they also only inhabit bodies of people who are roughly the same age as them so when they were four they inhabited four-year-olds now they're 16 they inhabit 16 year olds and they don't inhabit the same body twice I'm really, really, really interested in this at a very conceptual level where like if I existed in this world, I would definitely be one of the evil government scientists that these people are trying to hide from. Because I'm like, what happens if you put this person in the middle of nowhere? What if you put this person at a place where there's no one the same age as them? What if you like take them and put them near like a retirement community that is like in the arctic circle and like there's no one else for miles around will they like spawn off to oslo or something will they like ooh? what if they don't know that there's someone else nearby oh i'd i'd be evil i wouldn't actually do it but i'm really curious i don't have the answers to any of those questions a doesn't have any control in who they inhabit it's not the closest person of approximately the same age Generally not, um, because at certain points uh, they end up like multiple towns over from Mm -hmm. the girl that they like, who's called uh, Rhiannon. Nice name. She doesn't, she likes it now, but she usen't because it was hard to spell. Fair enough. It's Mm. reminding me of the Ocean Goddess and the Fleetwood Mac song. So two good things. So yeah, those are the basic rules that Mm. we learn for A. Um, They get, they're in the similar age all of the time. Uh, I've noticed that you've used they pronouns for them. So age is a constant. Gender isn't? No, because they also um, end up in like masculine bodies and feminine bodies. They don't They don't um, like only inhabit boys or only inhabit girls or anything like this. And they themselves are like, it's cool. I don't have a gender. I wake up in a body and I work with the body that I have that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and because... And they don't really... They, they don't really associate with the body that they're in mm-hmm. very heavily because it is hard to associate with your body if you are only in it for 24 hours and you're only awake for like 18 of those hours. Mm-hmm. And if and if they stay awake past midnight, they are like painfully ripped out of the body. Oh, bad. Yeah. So they've never been to like a house party then? They go to a house party. Oh, very but nice. But they have to be asleep before before 12. Okay. Like Cinderella. All right. Okay. Uh, I would hate that. And uh, that actually causes some problems. So we're going to get to some plotty stuff. Oh, cool. So we are introduced to A, who is in the body of a dude called Justin. And Justin is dating a girl called Rhiannon, who is super cool. And A falls head over heels in love with her like almost immediately and decides to bring her on a cool date which breaks all of their rules because they try to exist in the world causing as little ripples as possible so as not to like negatively affect their host in some way very considerate of them very considerate and also because it's just an easier life for Mm -hmm. them that way and because they inhabit 16 year olds and have always inhabited people their own age it means that they end up going to school most days Mm -hmm. Um, and some days they'll be like i'm too this body is too sick we're not going to school i'm gonna stay home but for the most part, they go to school, which means that they have a real haphazard education, Aoife. You look so concerned about A's education. It is not something I care the slightest bit about. Go on. Well, A is 
is like, oh, sometimes I go to class and I'm learning something that I already learned about. And sometimes I go to class and it's something totally new. And sometimes I pay attention and sometimes I don't because like how much use is it to me really? I'm, it's not like I'm going to have like a career or something. Or a quiz. Or a quiz or things like this. And so sometimes like a test will be put in front of them and they'll like ace it for the person because it's yeah. stuff that they knew before. And sometimes they'll like access the person's memory to see if the person knew it and things like this but yeah i'm just like there is no i am very concerned about the lack of consistency in a's life yeah that sounds like an overall trend of their life i think you talked about them accessing the memories of the people that they're inhabiting and you also talked about them trying not to cause much disruption Mm -hmm. of in that person's life so I'm gonna does does the person they inhabit have memories then of the day where A was controlling their body? And where does that person go? I don't know where that person goes. So later in the book, they inhabit um, a person called Nathan, mm-hmm. um, and they use Nathan's body in order to go to a house party with Rhiannon. Mm-hmm. And because of this, they end up not actually getting Nathan home, mm-hmm. um, and instead they kind of abandon him. <laughs> in his car at the side of the road Mm -hmm. at 10 to 12 and Nathan is like awoken by the police being like why are you parked to the side of the road at 2 Mm a.m and Nathan's like I have no idea how I'm why I'm here or how I got here and sets out the view that they were possessed and was present for the day but couldn't control anything and they're and his memories of the day are really like blurred like they're not really sure what they did and things like this so the so the person so a cannot interact with the person they're possessing no and the person they're possessing has no control over their actions but a can access their memories and this person does this person remember like you you said a has an email address yeah. Can hundreds and hundreds of people across the continental US access rem- A's <laughs> memories? Yeah. No. Not even a days of memories? Not even their email address password? So um, A messes up when they're controlling Nathan because they check their email really early in the day. And usually what they do is they clear the history and everything. But Nathan's mom comes in and is like, come on, we got to go to church. And A doesn't clear the history properly. And then Nathan is able to track A for a little bit by emailing them. Mm-hmm. That's a, is- a relationship I'm interested in, actually. How does Nathan and A interact? Uh, Nathan is very, very upset at being possessed. Yeah. And is searching for for answers and ends up like talking to a pastor about it who believes that like exorcisms need to be done and things like this. And that sets up stuff for the second book as well. So is it possible in world that A is a demon? A does not feel like they are. Okay. Um, but A also is like not entirely sure what their history is mm-hmm. or like how they came into the world or if there's other people like them or if they are the only soul being doing this body hopping. I mean, it's a novel, so they could be. But like if we're going to create the world where this happens, then presumably it's happened to more than one person. Unless they're the result of a CIA study. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so I know because I looked up the later books that they are not the only person mm-hmm. doing this. And it would appear that like it's not really gone into in this novel anyway but anyone who's ever been like i was possessed by a demon i have lost days of my life to a possession of some sort has been experiencing this like body snatching kind of thing interesting because so a is not able to stay in a body longer than 24 hours but at least one person in this universe who has similar powers to them has learned how to do this. Okay, and how... You said A just gets ripped away. What's that experience like for them? That's just how they described it. They just described it as like very painful ripping sensation. Okay, so impossible to hold on. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So I'm doing a terrible job in describing the plot of this book because I I don't really care about it. Yeah, we... I don't want to... The plot was fun. It was a romance. Um, A falls in love with this girl while in the body of the girl's boyfriend, Justin, Mm -hmm. um, and sweeps her away to go to the beach for a day. And the next day, A is like, oh, I'm still thinking about Rhiannon and I just really want to be with Rhiannon. 
and so uses the body that he's in that day to like go hang out with her and pretends to be uh, a student who is like visiting the school because they're potentially going moving there and like hangs out with her all day and Justin is like yeah we went to the beach yesterday but whatever we don't have to talk about it just leave it alone don't be at me Mm -hmm. kind of and Justin is not a good boyfriend okay because that's what I was gonna I was gonna ask how does Rhiannon feel about this body snatcher uh stealing her boyfriend so at the time she doesn't know about it Mm -hmm. uh but so when in the body of nathan Mm -hmm. a goes and meets up with rhiannon at this party Mm -hmm. that nathan got abandoned after and is like hey we should dance and it's cool that you can dance with me and i'm non-threatening to your boyfriend because i'm gay but like plays this this role for the moment and is at the end is like and they dance at the party and at the end a swaps email addresses Mm -hmm. with rhiannon and then uses that to communicate with them for a bit but rhiannon like figures out that nathan isn't who nathan said they were yeah because a used a line like oh i'm at this party because i'm a cousin of the guy holding it hosting it and that's why i'm here which like rianne obviously finds out is not true because she's friends with the person hosting the party yeah and so she calls them out and is like why are you lying to me who are you i need answers and so a decides to do something that they have never done before and explain their life and has is there anything on the is there anything on the internet about people like this other than the idea that like everyone who's ever been possessed has had this happen? Um, they don't Google it because how would you Google it? Possessed by a ghost, <laughs> haunted. But like, would you Google? I wake up in a new body every day. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would have at fifteen if this was happening to me every day. I don't know. I I can imagine doing that as a teen. Well, A does not do that as a teen. Presumably A has been dealing with this for a while. Is this set in the modern day? Yeah, it's set now. Yeah, present tense. Cool. Um, Yeah, no, A's been dealing with it since they were born. Um, And it's actually really sad because A talks about like when they were like, so when they were a toddler, they were like, this is how everyone experiences the world. But let's remember that they wake up every day in a new place with a new body and therefore they have new parents every day and their parents wouldn't realize that their child is a new person because oh the toddler the child is acting weird today but tomorrow they're fine you don't Mm. yeah it's not a massive thing yeah um and children act weird all the time Mm -hmm. but so like they kind of figured it out when they were like four Mm -hmm. Um, and they used to like cry going to bed and being like, don't let, don't put me to bed. You won't be here tomorrow. You won't be here tomorrow. And like every time, like the various parents they would be with would like reassure them and talk about the activities they were going to do tomorrow and be like, I'll be here tomorrow and you'll be here tomorrow and we'll do this and we'll do that. And then tomorrow would come and those people were gone and they would have new people and they would do different things because the things that the parents of yesterday said they were going to do today Mm -hmm. are not the things that these parents had told their child they were going to do today that sounds really uh really really profoundly traumatizing for a young child there's a lot of aspects to this that are just really fucking heartbreaking actually like i would like the ethics of a situation obviously it is not cool to take over someone's body without their consent and do things they wouldn't do with it when they have no control over that at all. But if you exist in a world where there is no other way for you to exist, it's like, what what the fuck? And it's not like they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. And they have a right to exist in this world at all as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And also, like, how would they stop existing? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, how do they stop this? Because at one point, they inha- so they do not retain muscle memory mm-hmm. from, like, the body that they're possessing. So if they... So at one point... They possess someone who's on a ski trip and A is like, yeah, I've always wanted to try skiing. This is cool. Let's go skiing and breaks that person's leg. So after that, anytime they're in the body of someone who is like doing sports to doing sports or activity to like a high degree or even like medium to high, they'll just be like, oh, I'm I'm sick. I can't. I can't do that today. Sars, mate. Wait, when you said they don't retain muscle memory, what I thought you meant was they have the body's muscle memory you're saying it's the opposite yeah they don't really 
They don't really have muscle memory in that way. So, okay, I'm sorry. Obviously, this book presupposes the idea that the (laughs) self can exist as a separate thing from the body and mind. Yeah. So we're going old school Descartesian um, dualism, mind-body dualism. And the things that are part of the self include automatic movement and... Okay, so their sense of balance is consistent. Their sense of like, their memory is consistently good. Their cognitive ability. It's pretty good. So sometimes at one, at, mm, so at one point they inhabit the body of a person who is a drug user mm-hmm. and a very like high dependency drug user. And they spend the entire day going through withdrawal symptoms because A refuses to do the drugs in this person's body because they don't want to do drugs, but the body does. But they go through the physical symptoms? Do they have a craving? Do they crave it? Because the body wants us. David Levithan, what are you doing? So, okay, so they themselves... So, A does not have a craving, but they have to, like, fight the body because the body does. The body remembers that at this time it usually gets drugs and so it wants drugs now. But the thing is that that is part of the same part of the brain as does coordination and um, procedural memory. So the likes of things that, like skiing, um, that's the same part of the body. Do they gain the ability to play an instrument magically at any point? No. Okay. There's no instrument things, I have to say. I'll see if I can find the bit about um the drug users so that because they go into detail at that point about like the differences between their body between the body as an entity and like the mind as an entity Mm -hmm. and things like this how did you find it how did you feel about this metaphysical spiritual ish aspect of it um so i didn't have any issues with this world in which someone can take over another person's bodies having weird things with like muscle memory and stuff Mm -hmm. and the body remembering things that the mind doesn't like at one point because the other person is still in there yeah um they're just very dormant Mm -hmm. but so it kind of made sense to me but so dormant that a can't talk to them yeah a can't talk to them but like they're still there the that's like a doesn't have a brain yeah. What are they thinking? It it has to go. It's like I said, it's mind body dualism. So it they, somehow implies that A is able to access everything that they are and everything that the person they're inhabiting is, mm-hmm. which means that that has to be a special power of people who can skip bodies because it isn't like it, it isn't like a direct swap because both that person is there and A is there. Yes. So mm, what if? I'm just interested because, like, that could imply that in this world, like, A could be immortal. And also, maybe A is the only one with a soul. Um, well, A, yeah, A is kind of, like, entirely made up of a soul. At one point, in terms of, like, separating A and A's being from the body that they are inhabiting. A kind of goes into this a little bit when they end up in the body of a girl called Kelsey who is suicidal. Okay. Very suicidal and experiencing extreme depression and A finds their journal and peeks at it a little bit and and discovers that Kelsey has a countdown to when she intends on killing herself. Okay. Okay. That's the deal with Kelsey. Okay. But this is... So when A wakes up in this body, this is how they describe waking up with this level of, like, mental illness. Some people think mental illness is a matter of mood, a matter of personality. They think depression is simply a form of being sad, that OCD is a form of being uptight. They think the soul is sick, not the body. It is, they believe, something that you have some choice over. I know how wrong this is. When I was a child, I didn't understand. I would wake up in a new body and wouldn't understand why things felt muted, dimmer, or the opposite. I'd be supercharged, unfocused, like a radio at top volume, flipping through from station to station. Since I didn't have access to the body's emotions, I assumed the ones I were feeling were my own. Eventually, though, I realised those inclinations, those compulsions, were just as much a part of the body as its eye colour or its voice. Yes, the feelings themselves were intangible, amorphous, 
but the cause of those things were a matter of chemistry, biology. So things like depression and ADHD and disability and mental illness, all those things are innate to the body and therefore A experiences them with the body. Does that help you at all? I mean, it's really interesting. And I'm trying to engage with this as more of an an interesting, like fun philosophical tool than like ripping it to shreds. But mm-hmm. I'm like a killjoy by nature. <laughs> so when you say things like disabilities are physical, I'm like, does A experience a very big difference in cognitive ability be- between bodies? Does, like, I don't hold with that view of mental illness, that mental illness is a thing that should be viewed as a chemical issue. Um, obviously, um, chemical interventions and medications can be very helpful in treating mental illnesses um, but sometimes they're not helpful because there are a variety of causes for mental illnesses and they experience it in a variety of ways and I am interested in this concept and I'm interested in the questions it raises. Is it explained in a book in a way that kind of invites you to turn a critical eye on how we perceive the self in our world or is it just A is trying to get back to Rhiannon Um, because I think the Nathan aspect really brings in an interesting moral question as well where he's like well I didn't like that yeah so part of the reason that Nathan has so much memory of it is because is because A went so outside of Nathan's usual routine Mm -hmm. and also kind of before going to sleep A usually just like runs through the day and is like these are the things you did and this is how it all this is all how how it all adds up for you as a person and then the next day they kind of like remember it that way Mm -hmm. and they also at one point they inhabit twins at the same time? No. So they inhabit uh, one of the twins and then the next day they wake up at the other side of the same room inhabiting the other twin. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, because of that, they like interrogate the previous twin about like what they remember from, like what he remembers from the day. Mm-hmm. Um, because A kind of brought them on an unusual tra- track to go to Starbucks, which is not something that this kid would usually do. Um, in order to meet Rhiannon so they interrogate him about like what do they you remember and mm-hmm. stuff and he just justifies his day like he's just like I went to Starbucks because I wanted to meet someone and I wanted to use the wi-fi like they they justify the odd actions that they did because it's within re- like it's unusual I would go to that coffee shop but it's in it's within reason yeah like if I have to justify it to myself I will mm-hmm. um like human beings do for every single thing that they ever do yeah and like they remember going to Starbucks and they remember being there but like they don't really remember interacting with Rhiannon because A doesn't really want, want them, them to. to that's so interesting how much can A control of what they oh but it's really difficult to test because they don't have anyone they end up in Rhiannon's body Oh yeah. So later they end up in Rhiannon's body, um, and out of privacy for for her, um, they get dressed with like underneath their pajamas, um, and then go to bed still in their same clothes from the day, um, and access as few of, of her memories as like possible, so that like and don't th- like don't interrogate her memories for like how she feels about about them, and also doesn't break up with her boyfriend. <laughs> That's some really good self-control and ethical behaviour for a teen. Yeah. I mean, I've previously said, I believe, that I think A would have a hell of a lot of empathy in on the scale of how things vary within people just by sheer dint of experiencing a variety of things. But damn, I know very few 16-year-olds who would be that morally upstanding. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they basically just like keep Rhiannon's life good Mm. um and they also learned that she has more friends than they thought that she had which is nice because lots of people want to interact with them when they're yeah a lot of people interact with them um one of their friends offers to like share homework and stuff um implying that stuff is happening in rianne's life that a doesn't know about um and because mostly because when they meet up they just talk about themselves mm-hmm. a lot and they talk about Justin a bit but they don't really share much like so A has, A doesn't have any friends is Rhiannon aware that 
of A's entire situation by the time A inhabits Rihanna. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, how's that for her in the aftermath? So A leaves a note for her mm-hmm. to kind of like explain what's happened and to be like, hey, I promise I didn't take any liberties. I want you to... Rem-. And it's the first time that A kind of like very purposely tries to like remember everything that happened that day so that like Rhiannon will remember everything. Mm-hmm. And so the note goes something along the lines of, hey, I was in your body yesterday. Before you read anymore, please try and remember as much, what, as much of yesterday as you can. Thanks. And Rhiannon does that and then reads more of the letter, which goes into telling her like what happened the day before. And she's like, no, I could remember. Like when I stopped to think about it, I could remember it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really remember you be- being in, in me. It was kind of like, it felt odd. But in the vast scheme of a week or of a lifetime, it didn't feel massive. Yeah. Like having the flu for the day, kind of. Yeah. That's really... And you wake up and yesterday was hazy. Yeah. And how... Tell me about Rhiannon. (laughs) Not about Rhiannon as a love object. About Rhiannon as a person who meets a person who does this and continues to interact with them. And... Um... So she is a little freaked out and initially thinks that a prank is being played on her, mm-hmm. but it all adds up, kind of. Like, if you suspend belief long enough to be like, okay, either there's a massive prank being played on me or this person is telling the truth, mm. you kind of have to go with telling the truth. And she does interrogate them and she's like, I need space to figure all this stuff out it's really weird to me so going back to like gender and not having a body and stuff a doesn't really associate with any gender because they wake up in a different body every day and when they were younger they used to be like really annoyed sometimes when they wake up as a boy with short hair and they'd be like ah i really wanted long hair today and like vice versa and things like this but overall at this point in their life is like whatever body i'm in is whatever body i'm in it doesn't make any difference to me but it does make a difference to Rhiannon. And she tries to be cool, but she is much less affectionate when A is in the body of a person that she perceives as unattractive or if it if it makes them into a same-sex pairing. She's less interested because she's into guys. That that's her that's yeah. her thing. She's straight. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um like and she does try to be like open to it and stuff, but she's also much more attracted to A when they are in masculine bodies. And is Justin out of the picture at this point? Um, they oh. break up. Okay. Okay. Eventually. And, and so, just because you're like, oh well, she's way less affectionate when they're in a a girl's body, and I'm like, well, is, in that case, she they- is perceiving them as a. As someone to date and then also a dude. Yeah, so Rhiannon is struggles with like with the emotions of it all because she really does love Justin. She does love Justin, but Justin is emotionally abusive towards her and like gaslights her a lot and will deny that like he's he's just not nice, really. Mm-hmm. But also they've been dating for like two years and it's a really significant relationship in her life and presumably her first or one yeah of the first. it's like her first relationship and it's really significant and he is lovely sometimes and they had that lovely day at the beach which a reminds her is a day that she actually had with them and she's like yeah but i didn't know that at the time and we had a really like amazing deep connection that day but I wouldn't have had that amazing deep connection if a stranger walked up to me and was like, come to the beach. We only really had that connection because I thought I was talking to this person that I know and that I trust and like have a deep, meaningful relationship for Mm -hmm. quite a long time. And so that like kind of sours what we had. Like, did we really have it or... Like, did we, Rhiannon and Justin have it or did we, Rhiannon and A have it? Because in reality, Rhiannon had that, but person she was connecting with wasn't the person she wanted to be connecting yeah. with so that's also not cool that's not cool um but a also like didn't really anticipate returning to this day yeah um 
And so, yeah, she has a lot of complicated feelings and emotions about it. And she does ask that they stop seeing each other because she's like, she break, she does break up with Justin. Her and Bre- Justin break up mm-hmm. and she gives things a go with A, but she's like, I want, I really, really like you and I could be falling in love with you, but I need a relationship that is more consistent than this because... <laughs> you're not the same person i can't introduce you to my friends i can't introduce you to my family depending on where you wake up um you might be too far away to like see that day depending on loads of different factors any plans that we make for the future like any plans that we make for tomorrow are inconsistent Mm -hmm. let alone like if we make plans for further ahead like there's just a lack of like consistency and reliability in this relationship that I don't think that I can handle, Another is thing, her opinion. Another thing I would point out, and I don't know if Rhiannon says this at all, but uh, the ethics of having a physically intimate relationship with someone who is using someone else's body. Yeah, they do They do go into that a bit. So at one point they end up like in a cabin together um, and things are moving towards the sex. And, and uh, A is like, can we actually not though? Because the person whose body I'm in has never had sex and I don't, I don't want to do this to them. I don't want to rob them of that, that exp- memory. Of that experience, not, like for the first time. So they just snuggle instead. But like other things they can't do, go to sleep together. Yeah. Because that person's going to wake up. That person will wake up beside a stranger. And even if they can backtrack over the day and be like, oh, no, yeah, no, I I met this girl and she seemed nice. So we went to a fucking cabin together. It's still strange and out of character for 16 year olds. And then also Rhiannon is stuck with another person who's like, oh, I guess I'm in love with this person. Yeah, it's. I would hate that. Yeah. So um... I hate when people are in love with me. (laughs) You know this about me. So she calls it off for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, God. Now, there is two more books. What I would like a lot better is if A could have any kind of conversation with the person they're inhabiting. Like, they are inherently parasitic and they don't get to choose. But if they could just be like, I wake in the morning, heads up, dude, I'm here. Yeah, like on being parasitic they own absolutely nothing mm-hmm. at one point a tr- tries to pay for a date and Rhiannon is like it's not your money yeah yeah it's not your money you i'll pay for it yeah um they have nothing <laughs> they they uh feel very sad that they don't have a mobile phone at one point mm-hmm. they're like oh i should get one so i can text Rhiannon and then is like how would i how would that work i mean yeah they just have to use <laughs> other people's phone they can't have a phone number yeah. I mean, I imagine existing... If I was A, God forbid, um, I would probably just... I would probably definitely have an email address, the likes of a blog or something. And yeah, if I knew I was going to be ish in the same places, I would leave like dead drops for myself of like cool things. Yeah, but how do you get there? Well, I'm presently envisioning living in where we live now which is a city yeah where there is buses so okay, what if that person doesn't have a bus pass then i don't get it that day i get it another <laughs> day i'm not saying i'm gonna leave a phone somewhere for yeah. me to pick up i'm saying like it, i will remember the key code to this person's housing estate and like in a, where the spare key is and leave like if there is something I really want, just leave it like in a place that is technically accessible with information, yeah. not physical resources. Uh, but yeah, no, I is. Oh, my God. Poor A. Poor A. Yeah, it's uh, not a great life that they are living. But also at least they do. They do near the end of the book meet this person who has the same abilities and has learned how to like stay in one body for longer than 24 hours uh how do they know they have met this person tell me how that goes they kind of see it in their eyes interesting and rhiannon can recognize a via their eyes 
once like once she gets used to the concept she they they meet up in various places and she can like look around the room and be like that's i think that's a this is really fun though because that's actually reminding me and we will get back to the other person who's like them are you gonna say stephanie myers the host no um it reminds me of two things this entire book one is you know when you're like waiting for a friend somewhere and like you're waiting like let's say outside of the restaurant where you're going to get food and they're kind of like five minutes late or you're 10 minutes early so you're waiting and you're just watching people go by and you're like a little bit like oh my god where are they and I think when I'm in that state occasionally I get to a stage where I'm like any human person could walk up to me right now and say hey it's Kira (laughs) and you would go with them and I would be like okay like just... I wanna, I wanna send a stranger up to you now. <laughs> well, I'm, it's not gonna work anymore because I've said it on the podcast. And any, <laughs> hey listeners, please don't try break my sense of reality. <laughs> like that is a thing I've thought about before, and like how the self is a construct, and it is a thing that changes a lot, and there is very little constancy in it. Like. I remember a few years ago, I went through a phase of just thinking a lot about like other people's lives and how the trappings of people's lives are separate from that person. So it is like just the trappings of this body and what this body does every Mm -hmm. day. And like, if like, it seems like so arbitrary, like at a certain level, you should be able to just swap and walk into another place because like there is so little difference and I have also had the thought before when I was a child and very existential and weird like would I know the difference if my body was inhabited by a parade of souls like different individuals filtering through all the time I don't think I would Like, I don't have enough of a connection to seven-year-old Aoife to 100% verify that I was the person there experiencing those memories. But again, that could go back to the part where I don't have a great memory. Are all of these just things that I think about? I don't know what to say to any of that. We can digest it into smaller pieces if you want. I'm going to digest it and talk to you about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Your brain is weird. This is true. At least I have a brain That's and a true. body. He has no brain or body. I really thought you were going to like be... I'm kind of finished talking about the book, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, they stopped that girl from committing suicide. They, uh, they have a very difficult conversation with the girl's father and is like, tomorrow I will deny all... Of, I might deny all of this, but you've got to get me help and get me, get me support. And that dad does. Good job, dad. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that that kid was okay. Good job, A. Um, yeah, another time uh, they end up in the body of an undocumented girl with very little, little English and have to go clean houses all day. Do they know? Do Spanish? they have English when they're in the body of someone who doesn't speak English? Yes. So I, I wanted to talk about this because I knew you'd be interested in the linguists linguistical logistics logistics of this so a only speaks english they have a certain amount of like other languages but not enough to be fluent in them and it's mostly just like very piecemeal they can access the person's memories of the language but it's really difficult and cannot they cannot do it fast enough it's like checking a dictionary essentially fast enough to like converse so yeah I thought you'd be interested in that I am interested in it but at a certain level I do have to turn off my (laughs) the part of my brain that has a psychology degree um for all of this but I guess it's consistent that they can't access this other person's language and they can't access their like coordination and muscle memory like that's consistent it is interesting what people I feel you haven't. Uh, breaking the the fourth wall a little bit, guys. Kira texted me earlier today to say, going into this, I need to reflect on the nature of the soul. Yeah, because A is just like 
kind of a soul. That's all they have. In terms of, like, they are an entity. That is conscious and experiences things. Yeah. And that's all they are. And that's all they are. So they kind of take over your physical being and they push your soul out of the way and then keep moving and do it the next day. Mm-hmm. They are horrified when, when they do meet this person who has um, who has learned how to, to keep a body and they kind of know from the eyes. Mm-hmm. And also the after they kind of figure it, after A figures it out, the person like owns up to it and mm-hmm. is like, I could teach you how to do this also. And A is like, I need to run away as far away from this person as soon as possible because that is not ethical. It is not ethical to live in a person long term. Like, they, they're they not, like, 100% cool with the ethics of borrowing a person's body for a day, but they're definitely not cool with being like, I will keep this person's body. Yeah, no, I think that is... The equivalent of, like, finding a fiver on the ground and being like, there's no one to return this to, I've just accidentally come across a fiver, and being like, I will pickpocket a fiver. My comparison was going to be murder. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, I don't think of a way you can accidentally murder someone, though. No, no, because that's the thing. I, I, I can't have an equivalent, really, mm. because it is the... I mean, it's it's the equivalent of chloroforming someone, but that would be only if they were doing it on purpose. It's more Cause like... Because they can't... They don't have a choice. Yeah. So it's like the choice between, you know, bumping into someone and the choice to bump into someone, knock them over, uh, kill them, and then take their life over. I was going to go less extreme again. But, but that yeah. is what's happening. Yeah. he's it, it's, it's essentially like the difference between accidentally dropping something and purposely dropping something. They don't have a choice in waking up in someone's body every day. They have a choice in staying in that body. Yeah. But I would say that you can't compare it with dropping a thing because it is a human life. And also yeah. the amount of damage that is being done is way more, way, way more. Well, they do try to minimize the damage as much as possible so no, that the person's life is as consistent as possible. That's what but, I, yeah. but I'm saying if you are to take someone's life over entirely, yeah. that is way more. And they do, um, A and Rhiannon do discuss like the ethics of A taking someone's body in order to to visit Rhiannon because mm. that is outside of that person's usual routine and so like what are the ethics of that they don't really come up to but it, the the whole framing it around routine is just really interesting to me because again it just presupposes that 90% of the time we do things automatically and that is true but they're like the ethical question comes in when you veer away from that person's norm. Oh, I don't know. Well, like in terms of like they do the same thing as like if the person had planned to go to a theme park that day, then A goes to the theme park that day. Like mm-hmm. they do in terms of like following a person's routine, they do what that person intended on doing and then like make them go through the motions as closely mm-hmm. as they believe they would have based on like their limited information. Mm-hmm. A's entire choice is either have no life, literally be a ghost which passes through other people's lives and still be a disruptive force that is taking people over for a day or be a demon who takes people over and erases yeah. their autonomy and just does their own thing for a day with zero repercussions yeah i think that zero repercussion thing comes in more in the later books mm-hmm. um because i read reviews of the later books in i had questions yeah um and in like preparation i was like what happens in the later ones and i think that that question of of what of the ethics of like what if you plan a heist in five different bodies and then make the sixth body do us Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> but like that person has no idea what's happening and then they end up being the person who did the crime. And ends up in prison and yeah. Theoretically, yeah. And then a seventh body comes along and takes the loot or like yeah. because you've planned it as such. Mm-hmm. A meets this other person who can do the same thing. Yeah. And that person seems to have way fewer moral qualms. Yeah. He's also much older. I, mm, how much older? Uh, 50s. Okay. 40s, um, 50s. Do they talk at all beyond A being like, okay, I have to get away from you? Um, no. Okay. 
That's their only, like, conversation. I want to know more. I want... I know. I am considering reading the rest of the books. But I also want to know how you felt about it. Because I feel like you're just Um, telling me what happened. And being kind of surprised that I have the questions I have. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. I took it a lot more face value than you were. Mm -hmm. But... Also, well, you, you the asked... book is explaining the book is explaining itself to me, and I am not explaining the book to you particularly like okay. in depthly because you are asking me to interrogate my concept. I know soul. I am asking you to interrogate your concept of self in order to like listen to this description of a book mm-hmm. in which they interrogate the concept of self. Um, it was really cool. I really enjoyed all the different like characters that A inhabits and how they were all different people a inhabits a trans dude at one point mm-hmm. and it's really cool and that was actually quite a good a good bit uh they go to a pride nice um with this other guy who is on like their first anniversary and their relationship has been a little bit rocky up till now and the guy is like oh you're gonna break up with me on our anniversary at pride i can't believe what's happening here and is like oh no 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 no! i gotta fix the situation because i've been thinking about rihanna all day um and that's why yeah the body i'm in is being a bad boyfriend ah shit yeah um but also like there's things that are implying that like they've not been a great relationship like running up and a doesn't really want to interrogate it too much mm-hmm. but they like save the day and are like i really hope that that was the right the right choice interesting and that they're not just gonna break up tomorrow because i made the wrong decision for the body that i'm in like maybe the body i'm in does want to not be in this relationship and was planning on breaking up but i've prolonged this relationship now but the body is a person that has body is a person who should have their own like choices and decisions and be able to decide when they break up with their partner if they're gonna break up with their partner it would be great if you could just like put this day on ice okay i'm just gonna chill this day off gonna leave it yeah um oh interesting 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 the pastor you said that nathan talks to a priest about i think i've been possessed yeah which he's right about yeah how does that go down um, so Nathan goes like nationwide with his Na- Nathan goes public with his story, mm-hmm. which is how he finds the pastor mm-hmm. who approaches him, mm-hmm. and then the pastor turns out to be the other person who can body hop, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go great for Nathan because they basically become like a laughing sock. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of jokes about how like Nathan made up this excuse to get out of being in trouble with the cops and with his parents for like sneaking out at 2am to go to a party and got caught about it and so said that they were possessed by the devil and mm-hmm. and now they're like in too deep. Um, and Nathan is also kind of like, I'm in too deep, but I am right. Yeah. Um, and I can't take it back because I'm right, but this is like going further than I wanted to. to. I wanted answers. I wanted to know what happened to me. I wanted to know what happened, but I didn't necessarily want to become the spokesperson for possession, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what happens. A meets with them and explains the whole situation and Nathan feels much better after that. Cool. And then sets A up with the, the pastor and that goes really badly. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that's kind of the book. It was, I really, really enjoyed it. It didn't drive you insane? <laughs> no, because it all it all made sense while I was reading it. Because I'm able to read a book without a, physic- without a, without a psychology degree. God, I wish that were me. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool concept for a book. I really enjoyed examining the concept of self at a time when everyone... Like, you remember being 16. You were constantly examining your concept of self. Yeah, that's when I was like... I could be, I, I change so much yeah. that the retroactive explanation for that could be various souls passing through my body and it would make no difference to me and I would not know. And that is still true about any human being. Like there are always off days. Obviously the reason this isn't the world we live in is because souls aren't real. <laughs> and um, I do not believe in Descartesian dualism mind-body dualism I believe in the mind as a physical uh result of the body with some very definite about like serious things that nobody can prove such as you're like we know this isn't real because the soul isn't real but we don't know that here's where I am okay um I 
But I, you don't have to defend your view. No, I'm just saying no. you're being very definite on a podcast. True. I mean, the soul could be real, I guess. Um, you have to dis- define what the soul is first. Yeah. So, and what encompasses the soul and what is the self and is the self the soul? One thing I would say is, you know, I, I remember I taught a class of teenagers in Intro to Psychology. And one of the debates we had was whether free will exists. And basically, uh, we have proven that free will is not a factor in the decision making for a huge number of things and a large array of things we do. And we have yet to find a thing where free will would exist. Psychology is the science of predicting and understanding human behavior, which presumes that human behavior can be studied as a science, which presumes that it is a manifestation of the physical world. Because if we had free will, the human experience would be inherently chaotic in a way that cannot be predicted or understood by science. But it can be. So Mostly. As far as we've studied so far, yeah. Obviously, it's not a perfect science. So there are grey areas and smudgy bits and those could be explained by free will and or the soul. But it, I just know too much about various bits that are understood to um very easily... So you're saying that you can't suspend your belief for this book? No, I can't. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just, it means that I can't, I can't listen to it very impartially because I want to then get into, well, one, the ethics of this situation and two, the, what it says about the self and how it is to be and what encompasses a person and what encompasses the body. Like, is a a person because a, person. a does not have skills a doesn't have a body um you know like they're able to cook okay that's a transferable skill that is a transferable skill they have some kinds of skills but they don't have others because they don't have like muscle memory so they can't develop a skill so they can't learn like at a certain level a can't change very much either yeah it's... they could use a language learning app on what phone <laughs> Yeah. How would they track it? They have the same Duolingo account. <laughs> they download it and then they delete it. Careful not to delete anyone's pictures because that would be unethical. Oh, it's It was a wild ride. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot more romance in it than I went into because romance generally doesn't interest me too much. Spoken like a true person in a long-term relationship. <laughs> I, prom- I picked up this book looking for like a pure romance. Mm. I promise I will do a pure romance for this pod at some point. There's no such a thing as a pure romance. I know, but like a book you... that is just about the romance. I uh, I am really, really interested in Rhiannon's view of things and how it is for Rhiannon falling in love with someone. You need book two, which is told from Rhiannon's point of view. Is it just the same story? Um, I think it rehashes a little bit of this one and then diverges into its own thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because you said they broke up at the end of this. They do break up. And A actually sets her up with someone whose body they are in. A is like, hey, can we pretend that we're on a first date? Yeah. And that we've, we haven't met each other before. And just like forget all of the, the complicated things mm-hmm. that we've had. Because they have officially broken up at this mm-hmm. point. And A is like, yo, can we meet up? And then proposes this plan. Mm-hmm. And Rhiannon's like, yeah, cool. Cause I you've just really taken like you. a shortcut to intimacy as well there. Yeah. I think it doesn't go well with the... The new person. Yeah. But A is like, they'll remember having this really great day with you and you had a good day with them and they are, I've been inside them all day. That sounds gross. It is gross. Yeah. It, it, it's a gross <laughs> invasion of, it's an invasion of privacy. But they seem like the kind of person who you, they are the kind of person that I want to be essentially. Uh, and okay. therefore they would be a good boyfriend to you if you want to try date them. So I've set you up with them. Yeah, and they also get to fall asleep together because um, Alexander, whose body A is in, will remember having spent the day with this girl. So if they wake up together, it's like they don't have sex or anything. They just like platonically fall asleep together. Mm -hmm. But Alexander will remember and it will all make sense to them that they went up into the treehouse after making food and fell asleep. I feel like I want a philosopher guest (laughs) on this episode. Like I know a little bit about some philosophy obviously because I've been bringing it up a little bit but 
like you're just telling me about a romance and I'm like and the philosophical implications <laughs> yeah I, I get the impression that it doesn't work out with Alexander mm. yeah. so tweet us at forever YA pod with what you would do if you were A and inhabited other people's bodies daily or if you just inhabited someone else's body for a day let me know I want to know what all of you would do and how you think the ethics of that situation would be. Aoife's looking so upset. No, I'm not looking upset. I'm looking like I want to I wanna plead into the void for a philosopher who isn't a shitty white dude with a vape pen to, like, have a conversation with me about this stuff. Chidiana Gonye from The Good Place. If you're out there... Tweet us. Tweet us. Um, I, I just, I'm really interested. <laughs> I'll probably end up discussing this with one of my friends who's more into philosophy than me because shit's interesting. You need to go through it in I, depth. I don't even think there's much use for it because I haven't read the book. I can leave it with you. I'm not going to read the book. Cool. Um, also catch us on Goodreads. Catch us on Goodreads to see what we're reading at the moment and what we're, we've read previously and what we're going reading in the future. Leave your recommendations. Check out our Patreon if you feel very strongly that you want us to definitely 100% read your book. Give us a little bit of moolah and we will do that. Yeah, please Um, do it because like I'm having a hard time picking books. So if you force me, that removes choice. And in a world where free will doesn't exist anyway, you're doing me a favor. turning off the recording right now. Forever YA pod Patreon, please feed me before Kira starves me of listenership. We'll see you in two weeks, listeners. Bye. Bye. Forever Young Adults, a good podcast where we review books. Here is your wild librarian, because where are the lesbians? They're here to answer all of your questions, but they're